morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the motor grader. Andrea here with Bill Goldberg. Good morning, sir. Is that intro again? Uh, I should do it again, but uh, we got we to roll. We got a guest coming in today. We're going to talk to the guys from uh, Velocity Modern Classics. Uh, I, I, I see you in the, in the studio. We're getting closer. You're testing out some mic stands. You got the laptop working, the headphones working. Um, uh, the working. The, what is it called? An OBSBOT camera. Yeah, it's just that each week it'll be a different view. So. The the camera's working, so we're gonna dial in a few things, and it might take a little bit of time, but we're getting closer. The the studio, the office, it, it looks good. Uh, we're getting there, man. We're getting yeah. there. like a, a project like this or any other scope of a project. I mean, it's never done, right? So at least I'm it's functional. At least I'm working my ass off in it. You know, making the floors disgusting before I coat them and. Uh, yeah, the office is almost there. So we're we're on our. All right, let's let's talk about the garage for just one second because uh, as you're getting settled in, there was the plan we've been talking about for a while, where you you know you bring the car in, you do some donuts, you tattoo the floor, you coat over it, maybe a nice big Nitto commercial, but you did a couple of tests and didn't go quite that well. I think it was just way too slick with the fresh cement with the fresh well, concrete. The fresh cement, it's. It's the 17 layers of dust that are, you know, that have collected on the floor over the past God knows how long a period of time. But yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> the the first shot never really comes, uh, goes the way you planned. But, you know, I, I it's all good. Man. It's all good. Well, I got most of the dust out of here. I'm going to redo it. Uh, Hubenat's going to come over. He keeps posting these videos. He keeps sending me videos of him doing donuts inside of a garage in his Lamborghini. I get it. Yeah. Sam, I'll send you the ticket as soon as possible. We're almost there. I don't even know if that was him driving. I think that was his wife driving. Right? Subliminal messages. Yeah, no, I get what he's I get what he's doing. I, I see his I see his comments on your post as well. And he's like, I'll be right over. I'll be right over. He's kind of waiting for the invitation. <laughs> I've invited him every hey dude, just come via your schedule. Just show up. That's just show up. Uh if it so the question is 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 rubber gonna stick or is it is it gonna be too dusty or too slick? I guess it's gonna take Oh, it'll be fine. It'll it, be fine. Know, what we're gonna do is we have to they have to put some kind of a uh, acid wash down 
Uh, it's a chemical product, and so it'll clean all the. It'll eat all the dust, everything that's on top of the floor. I think it's going to just like disintegrate it, and then it it seep, seeps into the concrete. I am probably completely wrong, but my under my understanding is it seeps into the concrete, and then we do the. It smooths everything out, gets all the debris off of it. Then we lay down the tracks, and then they clear. So. Yeah, right. Because prep. The prep is the biggest thing. It can't have any moisture. It can't have any oil or anything in it. Now, I, there's going to be a little bit of a you know coating over whatever the the rubber and stuff that you lay down. And and I wonder if they're going to untouch it or they're going to kind of shave it, like like almost like with a big, you know, not like a big knife, but are they going to just kind of scrape up all the loose pieces and just see if the rest kind of stays. Uh, I, I went, after I lay them down, they just blow it out, right? I mean, I got 14 garage doors. All we got to do is open them all and shoot air through one side and it goes out the other. But I, I don't, I, I, don't I mean, know. I think so. It probably should be fine that way. So when, when I, when we've done a few floors out here, I've done them in my warehouse, um, you know, even when we change locations, those are older buildings. So it's when you, when you prep it and grind it, and I asked him, I was like, what, you know, what makes, the, you know, the urethane coatings, the epoxy coatings, what makes them work? What makes them not work? And, and, and I'm sure there's different quality of coatings, but basically what he was saying is all the like bubbling and peeling that you see is because of lack of prep. That's moisture and stuff coming up through the bottom. Like painting a car. Yeah. Just- right. Uh and that's where the issue comes. So if you, so what my guy came in now, yours is brand new, so you're not going to have an issue. Your cement is, you know, a few months old, and, and we're not going to the diamond cutting. It's not an issue. It's too big a structure, and it's way too messy. It's way too messy. Yeah, but it's new. They don't have to do much. You know, they, like True. you said. Yeah, but you know, there's there've been, you know. Uh, scissor lifts and six scissor lifts in here for on and off for three years. So, I mean, they've leaked all over the place and I mean, so it's got, you know, and we're actively working on two cars right now. So, I mean, it's got stuff all over the place, but yeah. I would imagine this chemical, the way they're, they're going to go about it is the prep. Ho- hopefully all the prep they're going to need. I, you know, I, I areas think the concrete, they're going to have to alter grind down, but the, the majority of it, no, it's, it's all going to be. Done. Yeah. I, I think just the, the, the cleaning and stuff will be fine. But, um, but yeah, it was just kind of an interesting process. And, and they came in and they do a moisture test um, in the cement to see uh, if they think it'll bubble. And, uh, and then we did a primer coat, which really is that moisture barrier. And then the urethane or the epoxy or whatever you're using, I think we use urethane, goes on top of that. But it's really about that that primer coat as well. But if you're going to just you know clean the cement and or polish it or or just lay down a big uh, clear coat, I'm sure they have a process to make to make that to make that work well. It's gonna cool. It's gonna be cool. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be it'll good. Be yeah. Don't want to quite obviously uh you know it's it's gonna be fun It'll i be don't fun. want sam or his wife to hit anything i don't want wanda to hit anything yeah we don't want anybody to hit anything but it'll be quite entertaining um but there's a slight risk because there's always a slight risk. there's always a slight risk um 
All right. And so big shout out to the, the uh, Viper chair guys. There's like five of them going to show up at the garage tomorrow morning. There's uh, about eight packages that showed up yesterday. So they're going to come and video them, uh, putting them together. And I think Gage's football team's going to come out and do races. At them. <laughs> Actually, um, I've got one of those as well. It's, 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 it's cool. It's, it's a really cool piece. The, the Viper chair. It's um, I've got a tall one, so they have a small one. Like if you're you know detailing your car and you want to just roll up next to the car, and then um, I use it next to my my workbench and uh, and my toolbox. And so I've got some Swiss tracks laid down, and you I need kind of. Pilot. I do. I need. I, I can, my feet will never touch the ground anyway. <laughs> uh, and I got the Levrack workbench in there now, and that I I build most of the stuff on, and then um, and then I just roll it on over to the uh, uh, to the big toolbox, the snap on box, which I finally put the hutch on it, and so I've got the whole thing actually built out the way it's supposed to be built. That is uh, nice being there, isn't it? You know, constructing your place. You know, personally organizing from spot to spot. It's, that's a luxury that uh, I didn't think I was ever going to have with this place. Yeah. I, I wish I had a chance and more time to use it more, but uh, I haven't been able to. Here till two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I haven't been able to do too much with it. Now, that being said, um, uh, my friend Chris Brown came by on the weekend. Chris is a car designer. Um, uh, he was on TV for a while. He's He's been a, a, a Fantastic car designer, working on a bunch of the award-winning shows. We've seen him at. Uh, you've seen his cars at SEMA. You've seen him. Um, I I think he won the Barrett Jackson Cup last year, uh, not this past year, the year before. Um, anyway, he's the guy that's been helping me out with uh, uh, redesigning the door handles and the mirrors and stuff on my '95 Lightning. Uh, he came up with some designs in CAD. We 3D printed a few options and made a couple little adjustments. And uh, then we had uh, Evod uh, make them all out of billet. And uh, he came back over and he's like, I've got the pieces. Let's do a final fit on it. Um, they're all uh, Cerakote. Uh, uh, we did sort of um, like a matte black. Because uh, the, the truck is a gloss black and the factory mirror is plastic and the factory door handle is just a, a stamped metal that's gloss black. And I was like, well, I I, I don't want it to not be black, but I want it to obviously have a little bit different texture, a little bit well, – just a way to stand out a little bit. And so we did – it's kind of a matte black and it has like a little bit of a, a texture to it. Um, uh I'll tell you, it's it's fantastic. The, the door handle isn't a wildly different design if you just walk by it. But when you see it and you grab it and you push the button and it so, it's, feels way better, it's not sharp in your hand, it's got such a nice rounded kind of back feel for it on the backside. Uh, the button is billet now instead of uh, plastic like the other one was. Um and his attention to detail is fantastic. The factory button is plastic. So you grab the metal handle and you push with your thumb this big plastic button and it kind of wobbles around and it's got a spring on the back and it's got this stupid little plastic like tensioner. Um, it's it's obviously a very inexpensive design. So he made a new thumb button for it 
And then he experimented and made like three different versions of this plastic sleeve that fits on the button and the button slides in and out of the sleeve so it doesn't wobble and it has a nice uniform feel to it. Uh, uh, it's fantastic and it's all completely hidden in the door handle and it and that sleeve is 3D printed. Like it's all just – he just did it several times to get it exactly perfect. So I'll get some photos and post those. The side mirror is, is badass because now that we've eliminated the quarter window, we've moved, we're able to move the mirror forward a little bit more and make a billet piece. And the shape of the mirror itself um, mimics kind of the front grill. It's kind of flat and tapers in on the sides. Um, and although the glass is pretty much the same size as the factory mirror, the entire mirror and assembly is way smaller. It's not that big chunk of of plastic that was that was there before little details and the guys at evod did such a great job uh now i gotta figure out ask ask chris if he can design one for my rhino lined 99 dodge 25 yeah we should uh we got to take the handles off and send it to them and work it. Then, then you're going to have to test fit a few 3D, 3D printed samples because they're not perfect. We went a couple of rounds with it. Um, I can but that's a, that's bitch. And you know, that you can have a guy come in and design something like that and then 3D print it and boom, you got your product. I mean, that- well, you know what else is, is I had billet badges made like the Ford logos I had redone in a billet and the side F-150 badge. We did a supercharged F-150 badge. And then I had them before when I had the truck at SEMA, but the black was off color a little bit. Like it kind of faded and has kind of a bronzy kind of like brownish tint to it. So I, I pulled all of those off and I sent them to Chris. I said, hey, when you Cerakote the handles and everything, make the rest of my emblems and stuff match. And then um, because they're embossed, then he's able to take just a flat block of, you know, of, of uh, like a fine grit sandpaper and then polish off the edges. So all the black Cerakote is sunken in and then the font like on the Ford logo is is now like a brushed aluminum. So it really looks cool. And now all the pieces match the way it's supposed to match, right? Um, all right. So we're going to go ahead and bring uh, – we're going to bring our guest in, uh, the guys from uh, – from Velocity. Um, Ben, why don't you bring them in and I'll tell you guys about O'Reilly. It's O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's their O Rewards program. Uh, O'Reilly O Rewards Bonus Points Month is now. It's at O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can shop in-store or online to get points and rewards sent straight to your phone or your inbox. You can get two, three, or four-time points uh, on select purchases, and that gets you to your next reward even faster. You can receive a $5 reward for every 150 O Rewards points that you earn. And if you're already an O Rewards member, but you're not receiving your rewards points, just add your email or your phone number to your account and you'll get a $10 reward as a bonus just for updating your existing account. It's very simple to do, easy, uh, quick and easy to sign up. You can go to O'ReillyAuto.com or just pop into the store. Again, that's O'ReillyAuto.com or just pop into the store, sign up for those O Rewards programs. Uh, welcome to the show, Cody uh, Cody Dabney from, uh, from Velocity uh, Modern Classics. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, 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 Bill Goldberg is here with us. He's uh, zooming in from Texas, from his garage in Texas. And uh, 
Um, yeah, we just wanted to check in with you guys and see what uh, you guys have been building. You've got a, a, a number of trucks, but um, give us a quick little overview. Like, what is what is Velocity? Uh, I think Velocity for a long time has been known as a restoration shop, and where we're at now and where we're going, we're actually a classic car manufacturer at this point. You know, we've got four different models that we're producing on uh, assembly lines now, you know, so it's not, it's not that mom and pops restoration style shop, you know, where you're only building one or two cars at a time. Um, you know, we're in a 130,000 square foot facility with over 120 employees. Uh, we're a little over 10 years old now, you know, so I think we're making huge strides for, you know, how long we've been in this industry. And what are the, what are you said? There's four vehicles now in the lineup. I remember, um, I think we might have spoke a little while ago and you were focusing on the Ford Bronco, the first, the early gen Broncos, but what's in the lineup now? Yeah. So of course the Bronco is what we're known for. We've got our K5 in production, uh, Mustang 67, 68 fastback goes into production uh, in about two weeks. Uh, then we've got our F series, of course, and then we've got something, uh, that's electric in the works, but can't really dive too deep into that. But yeah, so we've got, got some, diversity going on here now that's for sure now i i i saw you guys did a few international scouts as well yeah yeah the the scouts were kind of looking into seeing what it takes to do those on a production level um sheet metal is extremely hard to find for those trucks you know i don't know how much experience you've got with them but maybe a third of it you can buy new there's a lot of stuff that's just not available which makes it you know extremely hard to build on a production level and that's what it's all about is having all that stuff obtainable and ready to go and if you don't you know you're you're a year two years to build something like that if you can't get parts for it but yeah 800s uh 80s twos. yeah we built quite a few of them right on there are a lot of Willie's parts out there, man. Uh, uh, you ought to make a uh, 715, man. I got one of those. You guys ought to start those in production. There's, <laughs> there's quite a few of them out in graveyards around the country. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw that on the list. <laughs> I can imagine the list is long. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> it is for sure. Well, they're not repopping any of the metal parts for that yet, are they? I don't know if they are. Are they, uh, are they repopping fenders or hoods? No. Yeah, it's more floor pans, patch panels. You know, we can't get quarter panels, but it seems like everything you need is what they don't produce. Right. That's the way it works. So <laughs> um, so we've seen a few companies now do do the Bronco, and they're wildly popular. We've seen some pretty nice builds. We've seen uh, – I mean, I don't want to pick on anybody, but we've seen a few lazy builds, I guess I would call it. <laughs> um, uh but we've seen some really, really nice stuff. And is it because, you know, like Dynacorn and stuff are repopping bodies for that? Is that what really makes it easy? Or are you guys able to find some decent Broncos to start with? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, you know, having to start with a truck, you know, and so you got to start with a truck and, you know, it's their, their new tubs at the end of the day. But, you know, if you have to get into a production mindset and you're trying to rebuild the entire body and the entire truck every time, there's no way you can build it, you know, efficiently in a timeline. But yeah, I think a lot of people are jumping on board because it's, they, they think it's easy and, you know, at the end of the day, a Bronco looks easy, but it's extremely hard to get it to drive well, uh, you know, be reliable on the road. You know, everybody's, you know, thinks about the Broncos, the death wobble back in the day. Yeah. They were just scary as crap to drive. And, you know, but 
I think it's just a popular thing for for a lot of shops to build now. But you know, we were ahead of it ten years ago, and you know, it was just a passion for us then. You know, you know when when you 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 look at a project like that and go, all right, we're gonna we're gonna build a chassis or we're gonna get a chassis from one of the chassis manufacturers, aftermarket suspension. We can get. Uh, a, a new body shell from from an aftermarket company and use as much of that. It's like, I guess, starting with a Bronco and redoing it. I mean, do you do you need anything other than the VIN number at this point? And what are the rules on how much of the car are you supposed to salvage? Is it just kind of like firewall and VIN number and window frame or like? What what's the actual rule on it? I think each state's a little different as far as what their laws are, but I think across the board it's around thirty thirty five percent of original sheet metal you need to retain uh, for that VIN number. But yeah, retaining that much sheet metal, yeah, I mean just starting with the frame and you know some of the original body and replacing most of it. But yeah, you don't don't need a whole lot of what's there to start with, to be honest. Yeah, because I, I mean, and that's that's a testament to the aftermarket and the aftermarket stepping up and making so many different pieces available. Um, but however, the Broncos with the hardtop on them are are the hardtops being made in the aftermarket? Can you get the glass and the hardtop, or is that something that has to be salvaged? Yeah, we can get a hardtop completely new. It comes in pieces, so you do have to assemble it. So it's it's not as easy as it just showing up in a box and you just paint it and throw it on the truck. You know, there's definitely a lot of work that goes into it. But yeah, hardtops are available. Okay, uh, let's talk about the uh, the other four trucks. Um, you're doing F two fifties. Yeah, F one hundreds and F two fifties. Really cool projects. They're mainly uh original sheet metal right now again not a whole lot that's out there for them there's some stuff out there for the two-wheel drive f100 stuff but long wheel base is kind of like what we're targeting for our full drive production line just not a whole lot of stuff out there right now again it's everything that you you really need to make it go fast isn't available i think there's some some parts on the horizon but yeah really excited to get into the f-series market i think there's a a uh, huge demand for it. It's it's exciting to us for sure. And what when you guys are tell us about the process here. Are you are you building chassis for those trucks? Are you are you completely redesigning suspension? Are you using I beam stuff? Are you using steering box? Or now are you going to you know uh, steering racks, power steering racks, and and you know independent front suspension and like what's what's kind of the the process behind those trucks it's actually a really good question um for a long time now we've really been pushing to have our own chassis you know it's a velocity proprietary chassis we do partner with roadster shop to produce those for us um it is a it is a chassis that if you want the velocity f-250 chassis it has to be purchased through us but yeah um, a lot of time and effort and thinking of, you know, how to develop that chassis and, you know, working alongside a roadster shop have been a huge help to us and, you know, being able to do it on a production level. But yeah, I mean, the F-250s are still kind of along the lines of how they were built, you know, in their time period, you know, we're using Dana axles, um, you know, still using original style stuff, but it is upgraded components. We are doing four link in the rear. Uh, we are doing coilovers. You know, so we are trying to move into the modern aspect of it, but not not get too far down the rabbit hole that it's, you know, 
independent front suspension and it's not staying true to what the truck actually is. I think people like that nostalgia about it and they get in it and it still feels and looks like that, you know, 70 F two fifty, but just rides so much better because everything's been upgraded. You know, m- making it ride better is, is key, right? So we've driven a bunch of older trucks, even, you know, eighties, nineties, earlier stuff. Uh, Bill has as well. How do you how how are you taking the slop out of it? This has been an issue that that we've been uh, we've been talking about for a year on one of my project trucks. Is I have a '95 Ford Lightning. We've done a few things to it, right? Um, but the steering is shit, and <laughs> and uh, it's and it's kind of all over the road. And and we so we so we did some upgrades on the stock truck before going making plans for something more extreme because we wanted to find out sort of what this – I guess what the small, medium, and large options would be, right? And we've had that opportunity to do that here where I have upgraded bushings and tightened things up and lowered the truck a little bit and and uh, went to a solid steering shaft, a collapsible, but and got rid of the rag joint, stiffened things up a little bit. And then from there, um, we – we took a quick ratio steering box. We had something made. We fabricated it to work. You know, we cut the frame and, you know, welded and made it work. Um, but the next step is uh, is I'm cutting off the whole front end and I'm, I have upper and lower control arms and coilovers and we're using a, a, a Flaming River Fox body Mustang rack and pinion steering all new. And that'll be sort of the bigger step. And we've, we've got it built, but we – haven't put it on yet. So, I, but the process was like, how do I get this really sloppy? You know, I'm moving that steering wheel almost 45 degrees left and right. The truck's not going anywhere. It's still, it's still just driving down the road. Like it's barely moving, you know, and then taking the slop out, eliminating the rag joint and, and doing the quick ratio box certainly helped a lot. Right. Obviously I've got a lot more vibration in it now because I'm using like a solid steering shaft, uh, but it's got a much better feel. Like how are you guys addressing this on something like an F two fifty? You know, you've got a big off-road four by four truck. You've got big, heavy wheels and tires, heavy axles, and you know, it's a it's an incredible amount of work. You know, especially we've got ten years of R and D into the Broncos, so you're automatically taking that knowledge and crossing it over of all the things that you fought through that suspension and upgraded. And you touched on a lot of those points, you know, eliminating rag joints, you know, solid, solid shaft steering, the the steering boxes. I can't tell you how many different companies we've went through to, you know, get exactly what we want and get it dialed into where it drives just perfect down the road. And, you know, coilovers, it's, it's hundreds, if not thousands of miles of test and tune and coming back and no, this ball joint sucks. We're going to a different brand or this one settles and, you know, alignment specs and, you know, uh, your caster camber, all that stuff in the front end. It's, it's never axles in the corner that you've, you've tried different things on and, you know, you finally come to something that works and then you just start running with that and adjusting from there. Yeah. So you guys talk about being being a custom shop, a, a custom hot rod builder, if you will, and then morphing into this 
more manufacturer, more of a assembly line type of of company. Um, I want to talk about that for for example. Now, I I do. I do see some biz- some some benefits here from a business standpoint. As you're saying, you can turn out more vehicles. There, you can make turnkey vehicles. You can sell them ready to go, uh, or make a few, you know, custom mods to them. People want interior choices, things like that, paint color. Um, but as someone who's been down the road, Bill's done this as well. As someone who's been down the road and had some one-off vehicles made either by ourselves, by us, or got help from other companies, uh, they never really quite happen the way you think they're going to happen. And, and it's like you're saying, you're like, you're you're sitting there and you're talking to, you know, every company at SEMA and everybody's got this great idea and this new product, but getting everything to work together, it, it sounds great on paper, but you can you can use the best stuff in the world, and if you can't get it dialed in correctly, or if you can't get the pieces to work together correctly, you're going to have a really expensive car that's really terrible to drive, <laughs> and you and you, you kind of lose. You're like, well, it looks cool, but I don't really drive it that much because it's a pain in the ass. Like it's too tough to get in and out of, or it's too hot, or it's too loud, or it drives like shit, and it, you know. It's all over the road or, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, like listeners of the podcast have been listening to Bill and I yap about this for, for four years going, well, yeah, so now I've changed this on the truck and I've changed this on the truck and I've changed this on the car and I've, you know, I've gone through all of these iterations to it. But um, tell us a little bit about your process of going from hot rod builder, as, as we could say, to manufacturer. Yeah, when I started with the company, it seemed like, you know, we we're still building a lot of Broncos when I started. What seemed like a lot back then was probably 10 a year. And we, we really thought we were doing something. And then we'd get all these random projects and it, it'd actually be repeat customers. Hey, build me a badass Bronco. Now I want a custom scout, you know, and so we'd render it out. And, you know, y'all being custom car guys, you know, what's always rendered or what looks cool doesn't mean it's always easy to build or it's going to drive good or function, you know? So, you know, the process was fun. They're pain in the ass in every way, shape and form, you know, whether it's metal shaping or getting driveline components or, you know, fit and finish. And then all the cool features, it seems like you want to add or what bites you in the the ass moving forward or, you know, makes it a pain or uncomfortable to drive. And, you know, they all take forever. Oh, yeah, we can we can build this and, you know, a year and you know two years later, here you are, you know, wrapping it up. Um, But, yeah, as time went on, we built some really cool, you know, custom Broncos, custom Scouts. We did a cool Chevelle. You know, we've done quite a quite a few custom cars and. You know, it's aggravating and it, it just takes so long and the customer is usually pissed off by the end of the build, you know, because everybody thinks it's going to go smooth or, you know, this part doesn't work or you can't get it or you're over budget. And, you know, I don't think I've ever heard of a custom car staying on budget in any way, shape or form. So, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the the budget aspect of it is probably one of the biggest problems. If I had to, you know, put that out there, you know, you're always a hundred thousand over, fifty thousand over, whatever it is. But trying to nail that budget is extremely hard. Um, That or you're at the end of it, and you know, it needs 
1500 miles of test and tune to dial in all this wild crap that you put on it, you know, to, to make it, to make it you know, go down the road. Well, so, you know, eventually we had to pivot to where we've got to build the the vehicles faster and, you know, cause everybody's calling up and, you know, you got money, you want something now, you know, nobody in this industry or time and day and age wants to wait for anything, you know? So how do we, how do we take this custom process that we've got across the board and dial it in to where we can get it to where it's a consistent process and know that it takes X amount of weeks to get it done. And, you know, I think, Everybody loves building custom cars, but they hate it at the same time. I think we can <laughs> so, somewhat all agree on that, that there's some kind of love-hate relationship there. And so slowly but surely, we pushed into our production lines. And, you know, the just the just the time it takes to build a custom car, you're, you know, if you look at a million-dollar car, your two-, three-year build, you know, the amount of production vehicles we can build within that time is, you know, is astronomical. You know, so we, we still love building custom cars. We're, we're probably one or two a year now, you know, just trying to dial, dial it back to a, a feasible timeline and really being up front with the customers that, you know, hey, we can't build this in eight months to a year. And I think we could probably all agree that TV has ruined the custom car building in some way. That among other so things. In some way, shape or form that you can build a million dollar hot rod in 45 minutes, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, 45 days. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, a couple of days and they, they see that and they expect you to be able to do the same thing and just think it's all super easy, you know, so money it, doesn't necessarily make things faster either. It, it does not, you know, and once you've been a part of that process, the money's just actually another problem. It doesn't make it easier by any means, you know, so it just all, all things just kept pointing towards production and, you know, the production side of it does still have its battles and, it's, it's trials at times, but it's just a whole hell of a lot easier. What would be the process for a customer that wants to call you up now and go, hey, listen, I'm interested in a Bronco. Where do we go from here? You, you say, great, we need $350,000 in nine months. And then you go, good news. <laughs> we did it 14 weeks for $301,000. Is that how you're doing it now? <laughs> Like what, what's the process when someone calls up? So our customers have generally already been all over the website and they've kind of already got in an idea in their head of what they want. They've seen a custom color, a color they want or an interior color, this wheel and tire package, et cetera. So by that time they've got an idea of what they want and, you know, we get them into the contract and get the contract lined out with all the options that they want. You know, it's, it's kind of like going to GM or Ford. You can't, just go get an LTZ truck with whatever you want. You know, each package has a certain amount of items that you can get. And that's what makes it easier for us to get it through production. So we'll choose all their items that they want and their options. And then we'll give them the guaranteed start date, which I don't think anybody in the industry has. And then on top of that, we give you a guaranteed completion date. So, hey, this is when your truck starts and this is when your truck is going to be complete. And throughout that process, as soon as they get started, they put down a $25,000 deposit. Um, there's a draw as it goes through the different stages of the build that keeps them paid up within it. And by the time it gets to the end, um, they've got one more draw left and the truck's done. And it's usually going home within about two weeks after production. And production is what, 14 weeks? Yeah, we've actually got it dialed down to 10 weeks now. We were able to 
you know, really put our heads together and compress, um, not really shortening the hours, but just how we're doing things and how to get maybe something that was in two stations dialed into one station, thinking ahead to where it would give us a little bit more time on the test and tune in um, and really dial the trucks in and make sure the quality is good before it goes out the door. Listen, 14 weeks is an incredibly fast time. So just tell everyone it's 14 weeks. And if they get it early, that's a nice little surprise. Don't promise 10 weeks because people lose their shit if it's 10 weeks in a day. But if you say 14 weeks and deliver early, everybody is happy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, what's the what's the price point? Like where does it start and where does it go from there? Yeah, we're starting at about two forty nine with all the options. You know, say you get one that's fully loaded out, um, usually around two eighty nine, maybe close to three hundred. Um, we've got a blackout package, which we call our midnight edition. We've got our ranger package, which is really popular, and then we've brought pretty much just our signature series truck that you can upgrade within the options. Um, but yeah, being able to to create each package for everybody has really worked out well. The customer's able to pick – at this point, they're picking, you know, interior colors. They're picking hard top, soft top. They're picking air or no air, I guess. Uh, are the engine options the same? Suspension options the same? Um, they pick a color. I mean, what what are some of the packages? Yeah, so that's a good question. So right off the bat, everybody knows they're picking their their paint color. That's you know the most popular thing to figure out. And then usually we're going into interior. Um, we've got about five to six different you know leather and vinyl choices depending on if it's an open air or has a hard top. So we've got our interior dialed in by then. Um, they've got an option of our billet package that we've we designed and built all those parts here in house at our facility. Um, so. Power steps, four-point cage, six-point cage. The engine options are the same throughout. That makes it easier to produce. You can imagine how much of a madhouse it would be to try and get three or four different types of engines, superchargers, all that type of stuff, you know, dialed in, you know, in production. But um, transmission, we're moving into the, the 10R80s across the board. Uh, we still will option a, a manual truck, but we were four-speed, six-speed, 10-speed. It was just a pain to kind of, you know, make it production. And plus the 10 speeds, just an all around better transmission. Um, then we get into our Ranger package, which has got the uncut rear fender look, which I know everybody's familiar with, with the, the, with the Broncos. And it's got that really cool stripe package along the bottom, white bumpers, white cage, white steel wheels, gives it the more nostalgia look more than the resto mod look. So it's super popular. It's got a really one-off custom interior that if you want that interior, you have to buy that package, you know, so you can't take something from a Ranger package and, and implement it into another package. So it kind of keeps it to its own and true. Uh, and then we have our midnight package, which is going to be, you know, blacking everything out. And you can still choose your color. If you want a white truck with, you know, all blacked out options, that's still available, but Pretty much any any of the bright work is going to be powder coated or cerakoted black, um, fasteners, billet, whole nine yards. So yeah, really three main packages that you can get with, you know, call it twenty five options within all those. So it does give you a lot of freedom, believe it or not, to still be able to personalize it and almost call it custom. Yeah, right on. Interesting. So 
doing a, a bit of Ford stuff, like you said. You're getting into Mustangs. You got the uh, the F100s, the 250s, uh, the Broncos. Um, but you mentioned the K5. Uh, I, we've been talking about them for a while. We've been seeing them pop up on, at auctions and bring a trailer and stuff. And there's been some pretty nice uh, builds that have come up. Um, and yeah, they're they're definitely gaining some some traction there, gaining some popularity. Uh, why now? Are you are you getting calls about it? Are you saying, hey, you know, how about doing a a K five? How about doing something other than a Ford? Yeah, I think there's a hundred different reasons why K five makes sense. Uh, we did a pretty cool uh, K five a couple years ago. We did a ls conversion on it upgraded some suspension and you know we put that out there you know just as one of our kind of partial custom builds and we've seen a lot of traction from it but at the time we weren't prepared to you know really build a lot of them so you know it's obvious the market is leaning towards k5s um it's more comfortable to drive in my opinion it's bigger you can do a lot more with it um we're putting lt drivetrains in them 10-speed transmissions um you know, there's, a, I think there's a little bit more flexibility with the K5. Um, there's the parts market is pretty big. I mean, so is the Bronco. There's a lot available for it, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's more, I think the, the Bronco is more of the just straight family weekend vehicle where the K5 is a lot more comfortable to be able to put some miles on it, really go out and enjoy it, drive it. Uh, the, everything about it seems to be a little bit stronger, more rigid. It's better built. Um, you know, the chassis alone has been a huge undertaking for us. We've developed our own, you know, proprietary chassis with Roadster Shop. So this is it's been a big project, it's more than just hey, let's throw some pretty parts at it and you know call it an auction truck. You know, we've put I think we're almost a year deep into the development of it and everything that you know we're gonna you know run with and pretty exciting to actually get it into production a couple of weeks ago. So. It's going to be it's going to be cool to actually see it come to life and actually see those coming through the assembly lines. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's a pretty it's a, you know it's a cool truck. We've been seeing some pretty creative things happening with those things. So, um, and I agree with you. It's it's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit more modern. It's probably a little bit more comfortable overall. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing. As the person that's three and a half feet tall. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with my big boy shoes on, I am. <laughs> I, think you've got your, I think you've got your GM, you know, fanboys and market too that, you know, are itching for that production vehicle that they can finally get their hands on that they might like the Bronco, but they don't, they're not a Ford guy. So they're kind of scared to get into it. You know, you, you do have that type of customer and clientele. They're, man, I'm GM only. I, I, I got to have Chevrolet, you know, so I think it's, it opens up that side of it as well. It's an extremely smart business move because as much of a niche as the Bronco fills, the K5 will fill the same size of one, I believe. You know, there's just so many more options with it, like you said. Yeah, there's some cool stuff there. And and your point, the Bronco is small. We brought that up before. It, it, the Bronco is a is a much smaller vehicle. The death vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a base alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a badass vehicle i mean there's no question about that look at the marketplace so i mean coming out with the k5 i mean it's a terrific business move 
Right on. Well, uh, Cody, listen, I, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, good luck to you guys out there. We're looking forward to seeing uh, all the new stuff come out there. But um, you've got it down, man. Like you said, uh, uh, you know, maybe there's people out there that haven't heard of you yet, but you've been around for 10 years. You've been doing this for a while. And uh, it sounds like you've got this production line down uh, to a to a pretty nice to a pretty nice process. I, I mean, a hell of a facility, 135,000 square feet. Like you said, 120 employees, um, and uh, you've got some some programmer. You're just you're bringing in young people and training them and hiring them. Um, I don't know if it's sort of an intern program an apprenticeship, but uh, you're you're just homegrown talent over there. Yeah, we definitely just launched our apprenticeship program, which I'm, man, just super thrilled about. I think it's pumping a lot of good energy back into the shop, you know, because it's, it's, it's tough to train somebody that's totally green, you know, and, you know, to be able to develop a four or five week program to get their feet wet and get a good understanding of what's going on. And then, you know, they're finally injected into their station where they can actually do real world work. They're getting paid to learn. You're getting a Harvard education here of how to build cars. You know, people usually are going out and paying for that and then they got to go find a job. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a, not everybody makes it situation. It's, we're going to pick the best of the best from each class, bring on, you know, 10 to 12 guys and show us what you've got. You know, we're not going to give you a job just because you want to work here. You got to prove it. But yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, I think we're going to start, you know, putting some more classes in place and apprenticeships in different departments of the shop and, you know, Probably, you know, within a year or two, we'll probably have a full-blown training center. I can see it happening. Um, but, yeah, uh, guys, thanks for having me on. I'd, I'd love to have you all down at the shop sometime, drive some trucks, uh, come in and see what you think of the place, and really enjoyed uh, talking to you guys today. Yeah, thanks, Cody. I appreciate it as well. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today, and um, we love what you guys are doing. Some really cool stuff. Uh, you guys want to check them out. Um, Cody, give us your website again. VelocityRestorations.com. There you go. Check it out. And uh, uh, if you guys are shopping around, I'll cut these guys a check. And in 14 weeks or less, you will have yeah. a new. Yeah, the best best part about the entire conversation is they can pump these vehicles out in six weeks. So. <laughs> hey, good luck, man. <laughs> it's getting faster great, and faster. Great product. We appreciate you being on, brother. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Thanks so much. We're actually going to wrap things up here as well. We got to give the studio over to another uh, another show. But uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. You can always follow us on our social media. You guys know where the accounts are. So until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Carcast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarcastShow.com, and don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couple's retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in, watch free.